but two readings this morning. Um, the first is from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 4, and is on page 1152 of the Church Bibles. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human beings but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then on the following page from 1 Peter chapter 4. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you speak, you should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, you should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen. So Nigel's going to come and share reflections on those passages as the first in our series on gifts and ministry in God's church. Let's pray for him as he comes to share those reflections. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you call us to be a royal priesthood, a chosen people set apart for you. And we thank you that none of this is thanks to our own merits, but only by grace. And we pray that as Nigel speaks to us this morning, through your spirit and by your grace, he will speak the words of God, the words that you want us to hear the words that you want us to sow deep into our being that they may bear fruit in our lives to your glory and honour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Uh, it's very nice to be back after a couple of weeks of relaxation and holiday and... Um, we did have a moment yesterday when Eurotunnel had a train stuck in the middle. Uh, we wondered whether we might get back or not, uh, but they resolved the problem. We were back yesterday evening. 
As we begin our new series then on gifts and ministry in God's church, uh, we're going to start by looking at some extracts from that letter written by the Apostle Peter, probably from Rome in the early 1960s AD. The letter was written during a time of persecution and it was addressed to various Christian communities throughout Asia Minor, probably uh, round about where Turkey is today. And in this letter, Peter tells these scattered Christians that through faith in Christ, they've come to the living stone, Jesus himself. Now, this might seem a rather strange image to us, but the Jewish leaders of Peter's time, the most important stones were the stones in the temple in Jerusalem, because that temple symbolized God's presence with his people. But Peter was teaching that God had now laid out a new plan in which Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And in another verse in scripture, it says Jesus is the capstone for the building of his church. And Peter would have remembered that Jesus had actually claimed to be that stone that was rejected by the builders when Jesus told a parable in Mark's gospel about the tenants in the vineyard, that when the son of the owner was killed, Jesus said, that's like me when I am killed by the leaders of the Jewish people at that time. And so if Jesus is that true cornerstone, how does everybody else fit in as stones? And so we have this wonderful verse that Peter writes that Christians are like living stones being built up into a spiritual house and to be a holy priesthood. And the spiritual house that God wants to build is not a physical building, not a magnificent temple, but a living organism made up of Jesus' followers joined together in their common faith. So we too are called to be part of that building, taking our place as living stones in what God is constructing here in Camborne, in the surrounding area, in our country and in the wider world. So bearing in mind this picture of living stones then, why might it be helpful to look at Peter when considering this question of ministry and ministry in God's church? Well, I think by this stage in his life in 60 AD, Peter in Rome, probably in prison, would have been looking back at a remarkable journey of ministry that he'd had himself from the day he first left his fishing nets to follow Jesus. And I think that as we look at Peter's journey into ministry, we may well recognise various stages that he went through that we have been through ourselves or things that we might go through in the future. And it might help us to look at what God has in store for us in the days, months and years ahead. And it's never too young to start in ministry. We've already had ministry this morning from young children in a variety of ways. Jasmine is beginning on a journey of ministry in God's church. So I thought we could look at a few things about Peter's experience that might help us as we consider ministry. Initially, Jesus was a companion and an eyewitness, watching Jesus as he showed compassion, as he blessed children, as he healed the sick, as he calmed the storm. He listened to Jesus preaching and teaching, watched him raising the dead, watched him dealing with religious opposition. 
And for us too, particularly perhaps if we're relatively young in our faith, our journey into ministry may begin with that important stage of observing others involved in ministry of various kinds, watching and learning. And Peter was also an eyewitness of God the Father, acknowledging that Jesus was God's son. As when Peter and his friends James and John went up a mountain with Jesus at what is called the Transfiguration. And it's likely that as we progress in our Christian faith, we too might have moments of revelation, perhaps through reading the Bible, perhaps through listening to some teaching, perhaps through another specific experience that comes our way through something which happens. And all of these will reveal something special about Jesus to us and encourage us to listen to his voice more. Just as those disciples were told to listen to Jesus by a voice that came from God on that mountaintop. Eyewitnesses then and companions, but not just that, because Peter and the other disciples weren't just passive when they spent their time with Jesus. After a while, they found themselves participating in various events, like the feeding of the 5,000. And then one day in Luke chapter 10, we read that Peter and his other disciples were sent out two by two, way beyond their comfort zone, onto a mission trip to heal the sick and announce that the kingdom of God was near. When they returned, the impact of their ministry had been so significant, going beyond what they'd expected, that they said to Jesus, even the demons submit to us in your name. And as we perhaps consider various possibilities of ministry in the church, we will probably find that the best way to discover the gifts that God has given to us will be to step out of our comfort zone and participate in something, ideally with others as part of a team, and whether that's administration or hospitality, joining in the music, serving, encouraging, working with children and young people, sharing the gospel, teaching or preaching, whatever it is that we do, we might suddenly end up as surprised as those early disciples when we see the impact of what we've been involved in. So participation is critical. But Peter's ministry, while Jesus was with him, also went through a huge range of highs and lows. Peter, the enthusiastic follower, who insisted he was prepared to die for Jesus, became the frightened disciple who denied him three times in the temple courtyard. And perhaps from time to time, we might feel we've let Jesus down and can no longer be involved in some ministry that we thought we had been called to. But as Peter looked back from that prison cell over his life, he would probably remember two very special occasions when Jesus reaffirmed him and reassured him. Firstly, on one occasion, after Peter had stated that Jesus was definitely the Christ and the Son of the living God, Jesus told Peter that he would be the rock. And the rock is the meaning of the name Peter. The rock on which Jesus would build his church. The chief cornerstone, calling Peter the rock on which he built his church made up of lots of living stones. What a promise of future ministry even if Peter would probably not have understood the implications at the time. 
And then secondly, down by the lakeside after the resurrection, Peter would remember the opportunity Jesus had given him to confirm three times that he loved Jesus. Followed by specific commission to feed and take care of his sheep. Referring to the ministry Peter would develop in leading and pastoring the early church as a shepherd looks after the sheep. And so even if there are times when we feel we might have let Jesus down, it's vital to remember that God is gracious and compassionate, that he longs to forgive us when we have not quite fulfilled the task that he's entrusted to us, that he's willing to recommission us and to start again and to develop the ministry he's revealed to us, a wonderful model of restoration. And so Peter, in his time with Jesus, would have gone through a time of being an eyewitness, a participant, experiencing failure, and then restoration and recommissioning. And at that time in Rome, he would have reflected on the ministry he'd exercised, he's exercised after Pentecost as a church leader, taking the gospel to Gentile believers such as the Roman centurion Cornelius after a bit of prompting, and exercising wisdom when confronting difficulties of the expanding church in the Gentile communities around that area of the world. And so this is the context that Peter wanted to remind Christians in Asia Minor, that they were in fact a chosen people. They were chosen by God and precious to him. And so Peter in this letter says, you're special. And if those people were special, so are we here in Camborne today. And this is the core message. Because originally in the Old Testament scriptures, the concept of chosen people had been reserved for the nation of Israel designed to be a witness for God's salvation in the world. But following the death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus and the sending of the Holy Spirit on that first group of believers in Pentecost, those Christians had become themselves the chosen people of God. And Peter goes on to use three other phrases in that, cha in that chapter. The first of those phrases is royal priesthood. This phrase had come up a bit earlier where in the Exodus story we're told that God told Moses that he wanted the people of Israel to be a treasure possession and a kingdom of priests. But unfortunately over the years they hadn't lived up to that calling. And so Peter explains to his readers that God is relaunching his plan so that those who've come to faith in Jesus will become a royal priesthood. In Old Testament times, under the Old Covenant, temple worship was organised by priests who were descendants of Aaron, supported by Levites who were a special tribe who carried out the various religious ceremonies on behalf of the people of Israel. And still in Jesus' day, the high priest could only enter into God's presence in the Holy of Holies in the temple on one occasion a year. But if you look at the story of Jesus' death carefully, you discover that as Jesus died on the cross, that temple that separated the Holy of Holies, that curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, was in fact torn in two. And this symbolises the fact that direct access to God has been opened up to each one of us by God's grace and through faith. And we no longer need the intermediary of a priest to be able to enter into God's presence and speak to him and listen to him. 
and to know his indwelling in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. And so collectively here, we are a royal priesthood. We're royal because we are descendants of Jesus, a king, a descendant of David's line. And we're a priesthood because we have that direct access to God and can also bring God to others through our ministry. And Peter also refers to spiritual sacrifices that we should offer in verse 5. And these are no longer the animal sacrifices of Old Testament times. What God is looking for now are the sacrifices of prayer and praise, thankfulness and a concern for justice and compassion. And Paul in Romans 12 talks about Christians offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewal of our minds. And then Peter thirdly uses the phrase a holy nation, because as a holy nation, Christians are no longer defined by national or racial boundaries, but they're set apart. And that's what the word holy means. It means being set apart or different. We're designed to be different in the way we act and speak and think. Not in a holier-than-thou way, a judgmental way, not trying to be paragons of virtue, but just living in such a way that people notice there is something different about us. And there was a time when religious leaders after Pentecost looked at the disciples and said, they've been with Jesus, they're different. Something different. That's what it is to be a holy nation, set apart and different. And finally, Peter used the phrase that they were people belonging to God who had received mercy. Reminding those early Christians that they'd received mercy and forgiveness from God and been welcomed into his family. They didn't need to become Jewish converts and follow Judaism. They could enjoy the privilege of being part of God's new family through faith. And so to conclude, as living stones chosen by God to be set apart as a royal priesthood and a holy nation, how can we live up to this calling? Because we're like those people, living stones within a building. The church is not the four walls, much as we appreciate and enjoy having this building. It's the living stones within it that are critical. And in chapter 4 of Peter, we read that part of this is to love one another deeply to offer hospitality to, without grumbling. And we should use whatever gifts we have to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And each one of us is a vital stone within this building. We need to be in place and functioning fully if the whole building God wants to construct is to take shape and be a witness in our world. And so, as we go through this series next week, we'll look at another image of the church as a body, looking more closely at the range of gifts God has distributed to us collectively, and learning that all gifts are equally valuable and necessary. In the third week, we'll look at the attitude with which we use our gifts and the importance of service, which lies at the heart of all ministry. And in the fourth week, we'll look at how we can discern our own specific gifts with the encouragement of others in order that as a body of Christians we can live together and become the community God wants us to be. So we've been chosen, set apart, 
and created for ministry. A unique privilege, but also a responsibility that we need to recognise and live out. So let's ask ourselves, perhaps in the coming week, how fully we've taken up God's invitation to play our part in exercising a ministry as a living stone in the royal priesthood, in the royal priesthood and the holy nation that God's in the process of creating here in Camborne and the surrounding area. Amen.